0: I'm Amanda. And I'm Allie. We are so glad you've joined us today. Our podcast is a platform for women to share their stories. We have a different woman share a story on the first of every month. Sometimes we laugh, sometimes we cry, but in the end, it's always encouraging. Be sure to hit subscribe so you'll be alerted the next time we have a podcast. We'd love to connect with you on Facebook,
1: Instagram, or our website, livingoutloud.today. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you will enjoy the show. Now it's time to meet our next guest. Hey, hey, welcome to our August podcast.
0: How is it already August?
1: I don't know, but this summer has flown by. Yeah,
0: it's been the fastest summer I could probably remember. Do
1: we say that every summer? Maybe. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I feel like the older my kids are getting, the shorter the summer.
1: Yes, yeah, probably so. And is Brooklyn starting? She's starting kindergarten. That's what I thought. Oh my mm-hmm. goodness, I cannot believe she's going to kindergarten. I know. That's crazy. I know. She's a big girl. Well, this is fun because we have our guest in person today, and she's also here for our small talk. Mm -hmm. That is usually just you and I, but sometimes we get to do that with our guest, Nice So fun. So welcome, Jessica. Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: I'm so excited about this. I met Jessica. Gosh, did I meet you at Burn? I think so. I think so. I feel like I've known of you or, I don't know, just in the community, but really got to know you from Burn Boot Camp and have just enjoyed getting to know you more. But yes. I don't know your story, so I'm excited. I know bits and pieces, but I've never heard it awesome. in a whole. So I'm looking forward to that.
1: So fun. Okay, well, do we have a favorite thing today that we, we want to share? I do. Okay. Uh,
0: mine's an app. It's called Through the Word. It's a free app, and it's got like a Bible with a little fire thing in the middle of it. It's TTW, Through the Word. And you can listen, it's like an audio Bible, but it's different from, what is the one on our phone? Like the Bible app. Mm -hmm. Because it breaks it down into books of the Bible, but then it has a short teaching right after that that explains the scripture. So you, or you could listen to it before. You could hear the teaching and then you hear the word. And it's just been so helpful for me because I'm in my car a lot. Mm -hmm. And also in this season of my life, for some reason, when I hear things, they are, they just sit better like I don't really sit down and have time to just like read the words and when I do I don't know what's wrong with my brain I guess just having this last kid it just I read it and I'm like I don't have no idea what I just read so if I'm listening to something that sinks in a little deeper so I've been playing that and um, it's just been helping me to be in the word but Mm -hmm. not just listen like listen and hear the verses but be like oh this is how I apply it this is what this means and the teachers are just incredible how they connect it
1: so that's that's cool thank you for sharing that what about you jessica so have y'all heard of beth moore yeah Yeah.
0: okay so
2: i had always heard about her but never really did any of her studies Uh and i came across her podcast and so i have been doing this studies in romans and she is so awesome i mean through her podcast so it's through her podcast yep and i scroll you scroll all the way down it's like from 2020 okay and so i listened to it one time it's funny that you said that Um, cause I just listened to it, but I feel like I didn't really grasp it. So Uh I'm listening to it again and I've got my Bible out and I'm underlining and she is so funny. I mean, she gets so fired up and she's like, I mean, do y'all hear what I'm saying right now? (laughs) Do y'all hear what I'm trying to say right now? I can so
0: see her. She,
2: it is awesome. So I'm just digging into Romans and learning all about the flesh and the spirit and it's so good.
1: Well, I did Beth Moore studies years ago. Um, I'm a lot older than y'all, but um, wait, how old are you? I will be 35 in December, so okay. I'm Yeah, I'm 47, <laughs> so 25, 26 years ago, um, I did a few of her studies, and they were so good. I haven't done um, any of her recent ones, but um, cool. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. When I think
0: of Beth Moore, I think of my mom, because I remember, like, the big, thick booklets of Beth Moore, and she would, my mom would have them, like, on the dining room table, and she would going through the scripture and all the questions
1: and that that's what I think of when I think of her. yeah okay well mine, teacher, mine is not <laughs> spiritual and um so let me just share I am loving the loose baggy summer clothes yeah so like the jumpsuits uh-huh like what I have on right now yeah this Super is either these are shorts but they're baggy you yeah see? Super well cute. I have like the long ones the long pants like their joggers look one piece like rompers yeah and they are making my summer they've made my summer so easy and cool because they don't stick to you they're loose they're thin um i like i'm buying them on amazon and if i find one that i like i will like order two or three in the same, like different colors like the same thing in different colors so there's so many different styles, and so it's just made my, because I go into restaurants and I get cold, so I don't uh-huh. always want to wear shorts, yeah. so I will wear these long. I'm going to show y'all some pictures later, but anyway. Those are totally super, in right Yeah, now. they're so fun, and I'm like, I, I've told my husband and my kids, I don't even care if I look pregnant at 47. <laughs> you like, don't. I don't even care. That's the, lo- yeah. that's the best thing about being 47. You don't yeah. care. I'm don't like, care. look. I look like I'm wearing maternity clothes and they feel so good. <laughs> well, so they're kind of like
0: dresses yeah. in a way because it's just like, you don't have to think about it. It's just one outfit. Yes. But then it's not a dress. Right. So that's what makes them cool. Yeah.
1: So I, I'm going to the beach next week and I got these late, um, sh- listeners cannot see, but they're shorts and they're like little romper overalls. Yeah. And I ordered two more colors in this and look, it's so easy. I'm just going to like, you can wear a tank top with it. Um, I'll show you all some more pictures, but anyway, that's my favorite thing today. Do we have anything else we need to share with our listeners? I think we do need to share about our live. We do. Okay. Yeah. That is a date
0: for our live event.
1: September twenty seventh on a Wednesday at Insana. Lost Dog Coffee, seven to nine pm. My sister is going to be our guest. A lot of you have prayed for her, and um, I'm so proud of her. Um, I can't even believe that she is like God is leading her to do this this soon. But it's it just reminds me, of why we do our ministry. Like, I know Revelation twelve eleven 11 um, is our ministry verse, and it's why we do what we do. It's, mm-hmm. you know, you we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Mm-hmm. And I've always known that for our guest And some of our guests, I'm like, I don't even know how they're doing that, but I understand it. But then the, when this happened with my, my nephew passing away, stepping into heaven in December, I thought to myself, maybe my sister will share in 10 or 15 years, but I cannot imagine her sharing before that because I was feeling it myself, like my own hurt with all this. Um, And then last May she was like, I've got to be your guest. Mm -hmm. And I understand it so much more. We have to. We have to share because it's how we heal. Mm -hmm. But it's also when you have a desire to bring God glory in all things You know, he calls you to do things at different, everybody's different. Mm -hmm. But um, anyway, so I'm excited. I hope um, if you are in the Oxford area that you will come to that. Um, Anything else?
0: Yes, I do. Uh, Jessica has a really funny story that she was going to share about my five-year-old Brooklyn. And you haven't heard it. So it's going to make you laugh.
1: Yay, I'm ready for it. Okay, this so I
0: have funny. two
2: stories. I have a surprise story, too.
0: Okay, okay. Okay, wait, so wait. the
2: first time I went into Burn Boot Camp and I was training with Allie, I got so nervous that she was my trainer. Because
0: <laughs> I... Listened. I would, too. Because, like, one of I've y'all's... heard pod- she's hard.
2: Oh, my gosh. Okay, so one of y'all's podcasts a long time ago was... Y'all would talk about your pet peeves. Oh, I know where
0: you're going with that. <laughs> oh, no.
2: And so Allie, one day, I said on, on y'all's podcast that one of her pet peeves was when she seems, sees the same people coming in every week, choosing the same weight. And oh this is goodness. when I first started. So like, I mean, I could barely do 10 and 15 pound dumbbells. Okay. Yeah. And so I was like, so nervous. Am I going to choose the right way to make Ali <laughs> proud of me?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh my oh. So anyway, so it was great. It was fun. Oh um, man. and then another story. So we were at a mutual friend's birthday party Yeah. And they had this beautiful cake and this like tower of macaroons. Okay. And which so I was so like, good. Oh my gosh, they were <laughs> so good. And so I went over there and I got a white one. And I'm like, Man, this white macaroon is so good. And so you'd go around and talk to everybody. What color macaroon did you get? Yeah. What color macaron? Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And
2: everybody was like, Oh, you got to try the red one. You got to try the lemon. one. And so I went over there and so I like had a red one. And then Allie, which one did you have? It was a lemon. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And so then I went back over there and I grabbed another one. And Brooklyn was like, Allie Sauter said, you are going to get a tummy ache. She <laughs> was like, like that. she said, Perfect. that is your third macaroon. I was like, Brooklyn, stop counting my <laughs> macaroon intake. And literally she looked at me with gritted teeth and she was like, you're going to get a tummy ache. That's hilarious. And I know. And then everybody was talking about the blue macaroon. I had not tried the blue macaroon, and Brooklyn was hanging over there at the cake table, and I told my friend, I was like, I'm waiting for Brooklyn to get away from the macaroon table, so I can go get it. Mary's making a joke about like, the trainer in her. It's
0: just in uh, her blood. You know? Yeah. like, uh-uh, uh uh-uh, you're done. You're cut
2: off. She was looking out for me, and let me tell you, you, when I got home later, my stomach hurt from eating she three macaroons. I was like, dang it, that, dang little, it <laughs> that little Brooklyn was right. She's
1: like a 40-year-old and a... Yeah. Five year old's oh, body. I know. So I know. she's five, right? So she's five, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my goodness. She is so funny. That's hilarious. I love
2: her. And I'm pretty sure your son came and took a cracker off my plate. But I was like, there uh-uh. you go, bro. Uh-huh. Yes, I that loved it. Just like it. I, well, you know, I've got kids, so yeah. it's like, whatever. There's nothing, yeah. nothing well, is sacred.
0: If, you know, at that age, it's like there's no personal boundaries. No. Like, at all. He hugs strangers, whether they want to hug or not. And we're just like, okay. So we're glad that he's social and we're glad that he loves people, but we need to teach him personal boundaries.
2: Well, he can have a cracker of mine any time. Okay.
0: Okay. I'll let him know. Jessica Stovall was born in Memphis, Tennessee and grew up in Brandon, Mississippi. She attended Bellhaven University and earned her bachelor's degree and later attended Louisiana State University Shreveport where she earned her master's in business administration. Jessica has been married to her husband, Mark, for 12 plus years and they have four children, Andrew, Annalise, Addie Ray, and Anthony. Jessica has one bonus son, John Mark, and a daughter-in-law, Sally, who recently had their first baby and made Jessica a young granny. Ooh, she's rocking it, too. Jessica works full-time for a large healthcare organization as a credentialing coordinator, but her heart and her passion belongs to ministry. Jessica experienced the battle of drug and alcohol addiction at a young age, and by the grace of God, a little jail time, one judge, five treatment centers, and the love of a codependent mama. Got Clean, February 23rd, 2007. Praise God. Being a member of the long-term recovering community, Jessica lives to serve and to help others find freedom. Jessica established a branch of the NET ministry, which is one-on-one mentoring program that services the male inmates in the Lafayette County Jail in February 2022. Jessica also serves as the team cheerleader and prayer warrior on the Storytellers Live Oxford podcast team. She is an extrovert, an Enneagram 7, so people are her jam. Her hobbies include serving in her local church, going on annual vacations with her family, going on rare dates with her husband, and burn boot camp. Welcome, Jessica. We are so glad that you are with us in person today. What a treat. And like I said earlier, I'm just so looking forward to hearing your story as a whole I know that it's gonna encourage me and I know it's going to encourage our listeners awesome
1: yes we're so glad to have you and I've heard so many great things about you from Allie. so this is a blessing to me it really is um, so we'll just start out with your first question that we have for you how did you find yourself wrapped up in addiction at such an early age
2: man so definitely becoming a drug addict or an alcoholic is definitely not in your plans for growing up. You know, when when people say, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? Drug addict and alcoholic is definitely does not make the list. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was introduced to drugs and alcohol. I was always enamored by that lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I was very attracted to it because, um, you know, I'm telling you, TVs and movies, they influence it so much Mm -hmm. and they just look like you would just have such a great time and life is carefree. And so that was kind of my first, um, my first experience It, you know, was through movies and TV. And uh, so then I kind of sought it out. Like I wanted to experiment with it and see what it was like to, what is it, what does it feel like to get drunk? What does it feel like to be high? You know? Um, and, and again, I don't know why being that young, it, you just, you know, you want to be cool mm-hmm. that, that is how like, I don't know how ben. that happens. Yeah, yeah. 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 So um, I just started experimenting at, you know, with the young age. And then the older I got, um, really I can pinpoint a turning point for me was when I went to my first high school party. I was probably about 15 years old. Mm-hmm. And a senior football player uh, came up to me and found out it was my birthday. And he asked me if I wanted to try a particular drug. And I said yes. And I was not scared of anything. And I just remember um, after I took that drug that I said, this is the secret to life. Like, this is how I want to feel all the time. Um, And so something that just began to happen on weekends slowly started bleeding over into my weeks. And I would start skipping school and then eventually started running away. Um, And so when you're an adolescent, you know, you just can't leave home and not come back. So... Um, my mom would have to call the police and then the police would pick me up and take me to juvenile detention. And so it was just, I don't know if y'all have ever seen that movie Groundhog Day, but literally that was my life. It was like, I was just stuck in this Groundhog Day and, um, I, man, I, um, did, you know, Lots of harm to my family, lots of harm to the people that um, you know. Addiction and alcoholism just kind of leads you to these dark places. And uh, again, it's nothing that I ever planned on happening because yeah. I was a seventh grade dance team, I was an eighth grade cheerleader, um, I played soccer during that whole time, I was on the high school soccer team. Yeah. Um, and so when I tell you this lifestyle just sucked me in, I mean it just sucked me in and took over my life. Uh, and so a lot of people that I used with, I. They just, you know, they would go and have a good time, but they would still be able to go to school and maintain their responsibilities. And so I just was not like that. Wow. Um, so five treatment centers later, so from the time I was 15 to 18, went to in and out of rehab, um, in and out of juvenile detention. And then when I turned 18... Um, I got arrested again and so I ended up going to the big girl jail Mm -hmm. with um, you know I had a felony and two misdemeanors on my record and um, definitely not the way you want to start adulthood Um, but I was so defeated Um, I just remember thinking that I better get used to this place because this is where I'm gonna end up that I believed in my whole heart that I was either gonna be dead or in prison by the time I was 25 And I did not see a way out. I did not, you know, I just knew nothing different, that this was my life. Um, And so the judge that put me in there actually came to visit me while I was in jail. And he gave me a Bible and shared the gospel with me. And I wish I understood. I appreciate it more now than I did back then. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, it just planted a seed, you know. Um, So I went to this last treatment center and just was so again, just surrendered my life, like did not know. Um, I just thought this was going to be another treatment center. I was going to get out and do the same thing that I had always done. And when I was about halfway through that treatment center, again, another pivotal point that I can recall is I wanted to call those old people that I used with to see if they, you know, what they were doing and if they missed me because, you know, um, that's, I, I, you know, you just want to feel like you belong to a group. Mm-hmm. And that was my group. Those were your people. Those were my people. Yeah. Even though they were the unhealthiest, sickest relationships, I didn't know what having a healthy relationship looked yeah. like. Um, mm-hmm. So I called them. They were doing the same thing. They were just sitting around getting high and doing the same thing. And so I just remember when I hung up that phone, I just said the simplest prayer. Like, God, I do not want to go back to that, but I don't know how. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Shortly after, I got in trouble for sleeping in group therapy. I don't know. You know, the therapists really don't like when you sleep, when they're trying to teach you um, how imagine. to, uh, you know, live a healthier life. Yeah. And, uh, and shortly after that, my ears just started opening up. It was like finally I was ready to receive the things that they had probably told me in the first four treatment centers. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things I did when I got out, I was terrified when I first got out of treatment. Um, And every other time I was not really afraid. Um, I just, I knew that I was just going to manage my addiction a little bit better, that I was not ready to give up some things uh, and that I was going to try to control it. And again, every time led to the same jails, institutions and death. Um, So they told me to go to 12 step meetings um, and get a sponsor and work the steps and, so And I did that. I went to a 12-step meeting the night I got out. And so uh, those people welcomed me in, and they loved me, and they, they told me to keep coming back. And um, so I just began to work that, that fellowship. And a huge part of that program is um, coming to believe in a power greater than ourselves.
1: So my question is, because everybody grows up in a different household. Yes. Good Good household, godly households kids still become addicted to things and sometimes it's in their adult life. You know, mm-hmm. life sometimes you develop uh, experiences lead you into that sometimes where you choose that. My question was, you said you weren't scared. So was there ever a time like when you were growing up that you know, you were cautious about drugs, alcohol? any of that like did it did you ever feel like that's something i would never want to do because i you know i've been told like that's not something i even need to to try because of all the consequences
2: you know i don't know if it's just part of being an adolescent and your brain not being fully developed developed and just having this Mm -hmm. like fearlessness Mm -hmm. um but i just you know, because I think they did the dare program. You know, don't do drugs. Or I remember the yeah. don't do drugs commercial that. where they would crack the egg with the frying pan. Like this yeah. will be your yeah. brain on drugs. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Um, I, I that never sunk in. Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah, I, no, that's it's interesting. That, yeah, because some people like when I was a kid, I just remember all of that, and I remember it was like there was like a fear of like, yeah, I don't like want. You were too scared to try. Right, mm-hmm. and then I also had a stepdad who was an alcoholic and. I always saw not good things coming from that so at a mm-hmm. young age I knew I didn't want to be a part of that there's no like rhyme or reason or a plus B uh, I think in the end it is Jesus that we're seeking and you know that feeling that you were talking about that you're like I like this feeling mm-hmm. you know and you weren't getting it from the Lord at that time so it was like you know at that plus what hold were you uh, fifteen. Yeah. So at fifteen, yeah. a lot of times you don't even know, like, yeah, hey, this this great feeling is supposed to come from the Lord, not yes. not substances or things. And so I know that's a, a round, long, roundabout question that I'm asking. Mm-hmm. But do you know what I'm where I'm getting? Yeah. At? So I grew up in a single parent home. Mm-hmm. So my
2: dad, um, he. We lived in Memphis, and I was only eight months old, and so he was killed in an accident. Mm-hmm. And so my mom moved us down to Jackson. I grew up in Brandon, Mississippi, and uh, she went. She was a bank teller at the time, and she knew that she could not support two kids because I had an older brother uh, on a bank teller salary. So she went back to school and she became a nurse. And um, and she never remarried or brought anybody home. So it was just always me, my mom, and my brother. And I know my aunt Bonnie was around a lot, um, but. You know, we were kind of like the Easter, Christmas Christians. You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I just and we grew up Catholic. So and and again, my family's still very devout, and they love it. And but when I was just growing up, I did not understand.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, I didn't understand what having a personal relationship with Jesus, what that looked like. Yeah. Um, you know, I would go to church camp. That's kind of when I was introduced to really a different. Um, like, man, I didn't know Jesus could jam out like this at youth yeah. group, you know, yeah. um, to a, just kind of a different loving, um, you know, I don't know, that kind of, that kind of sounds bad. I'm not meaning that in a bad well, way. Well, the but personal
0: relationship. Like, yes. like a friendship. You know, he's mm. our father, but he's also our friend.
2: Yes, yes. And not so this
0: person just like looking down saying, hey, do this, do that.
2: Yes. Yeah, which is
0: what, you know, a lot of people do. Right. Oh, I did. Yeah. That that you was know. my
2: conception of God, that he like, was like this, sitting up on a mountaintop throwing lightning bolts down. Yeah. Yeah. And I will tell you, every time something bad happened to me during that time, I thought it was God punishing me. Mm. Yeah. And I didn't realize that these were consequences of my actions. Like I literally thought, oh, God put me in jail. Yeah. You know, oh, God made this bad thing happen. And um, the first time I ever truly felt the Lord speak into my life was when I was in that very first treatment center. And we were doing some guided meditation exercise where we were all laying out on the floor. And, um, you know, it was one of those picture yourself walking down a path type situations. And, um, you know, it was like if you could ask God any one question, what would it be? And so I was like, okay, God, like if you're real, um, if you're watching out for me, and if you, you know, if you're even there, like why is this my life? Um, Why do these things keep happening to me? Why am I not in 10th grade? Mm -hmm. with everybody you know Mm -hmm. with everybody else and it was as clear as day uh he said Jessica I give everyone a choice and you keep making the wrong choice Mm. and I was like man this is this is my fault Mm -hmm. like I got myself here um and again I wish I could say I got clean after that I just started taking a little bit more responsibility for my actions (laughs) but I
1: start of the journey yes definitely and it I I I think I like hearing what you're saying about like it's it's so good to hear the the story because everyone's is different. You could you could grow up knowing and growing up knowing and hearing that it's about a relationship with Jesus, even though you didn't know that. You could still grow up, and sometimes you know you there are those who still make the choice to go that way. Everyone's story is different, and I think it's just. Um, I think it's good just to think about that, that, you know, everyone's different, but it's so cool to hear how God pursued you, Mm -hmm. and every, and God pursues everyone, everyone Mm -hmm. differently, and we do have that choice. I love that you said that, because you realized you did have a choice, Um, and we're going to all come to Jesus at, in different ways, different times, and, um, but yeah.
0: Was there anything that you wanted to say? I know you mentioned kind of how you came to the Lord, but is there is there a different story or anything you wanted to talk about, like how you came to Him and how you've understood how to be known by Him? Yes. Not just like to Him, but you're known. Yeah. Who it, you are.
2: Yes. You know, I always thought, I didn't know that you could have a close personal relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Again, I always thought it was this far-off thing, you know, right. that He just leaves us down here to, to fend for ourselves and, um, so he called you know like you said he calls us all in different ways and he was so loving and so patient um Mm -hmm. it was i had three years clean Mm -hmm. and i started hanging out with my future husband he had eight years clean we met in the program and he loved some jesus Mm -hmm. uh and this is you know you know the 12-step fellowship that i got clean in jesus is not a very popular name Mm -hmm. um and so i had kind of you know, gone through this journey of coming to believe in a roundabout way. And let me tell you, like, you know, he sends us out in the desert for 40 years. Like he could have brought me straight there, but I appreciate it more that he brought me the long way around, yeah. you know, of coming to, to see his goodness and in, in, in my life and working in my life. Um, so I started hanging out, you know, my, we were just friends and he loved the Lord and he would catch so much. I mean, they'd be like, watch out. Here comes the Jesus guy. You know, oh, I mean, man. literally he caught yeah. so much, but it was so attractive to me, mm-hmm. um, that he loved the Lord. And so we started hanging out became friends and, um, and I had a belief at that time, but again, I did not have that close personal relationship with the Lord. Um, and so we did, we got married and, um, our first year of marriage, he got me a Bible and I just kept it beside my bed. And our first two years of marriage were really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, I was looking to him to meet my needs instead of looking to the Lord, mm-hmm. and so m- he would fail me every time because he's not God. Yeah. Uh, so I just would start picking up my Bible and um and just reading it, you know, uh, and just try to understand. A lot of times I would open it up, I wouldn't really know what I was reading. Yeah. Uh, but one day I opened it up and I came across um, Matthew five twenty two. I think that's the verse where it talks about. Um, you know, in the day of the Lord, when he comes back, many are going to cry out like, Lord, Lord, have I not done great things? And he's yeah. going to look at them and say, I've not, I've never, you know, I don't know you. I have not, not known, known you, right. you know, away from me. Yeah. And I closed my Bible and I looked at my husband and I said, you know, if God comes back tomorrow, he's not going to know who I am. Yeah. And so around this time, I just felt that, gentle voice again you know that voice i heard in the treatment center that told me that he gives everybody a choice i felt that again except for he was like you know i've given you what you prayed for because uh, you know in this you know couple year time span i would pray for a husband you know i found my husband mark um i prayed for us to find a place to live he you know the lord provided a house Uh, And then about a year into that, I was like, I'm ready to be a mom. And so I prayed, and I got literally, and I don't like to share this with people because I know people struggle with infertility, and it's like, why would he listen to my prayer, you know? Um, But I did. We got pregnant the first time we tried. Yeah. And and he gave me a son. And so I just felt that voice say, I've given you what you prayed for, Mm -hmm. and now the only thing I want from you is for you to have a relationship with me. And it was just, man, it was overwhelming. And it went on for months. It went on for like eight months. Wow. And I would just say, you know, God, like, I hear you, but I don't know what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Like, help me to be willing to do that and show me what that looks like. Yeah. And every time I would hear that spoken into me, I would say it again. Like, God, I hear you. Like, I, I know that's you. But just show me what that looks like. Yeah. And so um, we started going to this huge church. And so I went to a huge church because you can hide in a huge church. Because there's just such a stigma. I just thought that if, you know, the people in the church found out the life that I had lived and the things that I had done, that they really, you know, that they would treat me differently. That they would not, you know, they would probably ask me to leave. I don't know. So I started going to a big church. And um, I had made up my mind that I was... Not I would never go down during the response time because literally there's so many people. I was like, I would never walk up in front of those people ever. Mm-hmm. And so one day, we, and we sat, I'm telling you, we sat in the upper middle section, okay?
0: Yeah.
2: Um. And one day, this was after my son was born, and it was during the response time, and we were worshiping, and that song came on um, at the cross mm-hmm. uh, yeah. where your love ran red yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. your sins were washed white, you know? And it's like, just something came over me. It was like, I finally understood I finally understood what God did for me on that cross and that everything that I had done, you know, all the shame and and the guilt that I had, that I was free from that because of Jesus. And so I looked at my husband and I said, I have to go down there. And again, he thought I was crazy. And so I just walked down there and I made eye contact with that lady. And I didn't care how many people were in that room that it was time for me to be obedient to, you know, what God was calling me to do. And, um, she just was so sweet, and I just said, you know, I whispered, I yelled in her ear because it's so loud. Yeah. I was like, hey, I think God is calling me into a relationship, and I don't know what that looks like. Yeah. And um, I, uh, she took me to a back room, and she prayed with me, and it just so happened, you know, God's yeah. perfect timing. Right. That uh, they were having a connect event at the church that, mm-hmm. you know, come back tonight, get plugged into a small group, and um. You know that's where you can start and so that's what I did and when I tell you it was so humbling and so uncomfortable to be 24 years old in a room full of other adults that had probably gone to Sunday school their whole lives Mm -hmm. that learned you know all this stuff when they were 10 but like I was asking all those questions you know and I again I just felt the comfort of the Lord saying like lean into this uncomfortableness Mm -hmm. it is okay I'm here with you yeah. and those people loved me and they answered all of my Sunday school questions. Yeah, <laughs> And, um, and I have found nothing but love, um, in, inside of the church and, um, and I love what our pastor says every Sunday, you know, that he gets up there and he said, you know, if you're new, welcome mm-hmm. that this is a room full of imperfect people. Yeah. And it is so true. Um, you know, something that, uh, Beth Moore said in this Bible study is that God will always have more mercy and grace, uh, for sinners than sinners will have for sinners. Mm. And so that so true. man, yeah. And, um, and so I feel like addiction was just, I mean, it was part of my story so long ago, but now I've been clean for 16 years. Yeah over 16 years and so it's like God has done so much more abundantly more in my life that of course you know I thought I was gonna be dead or end up in prison by the time I was 25 right and um he has just done so much in my life that I feel like that yes that is where we got started but there is so much more work that Mm -hmm. that needs to be done so wow
1: it's so beautiful just because 15 years ago
2: 2007, so... Okay. 16. I mean,
1: and I just love, like, because how you were taken back to that time of, like, like you're emotional about it because Mm -hmm. he's done great things in your life. And it reminds me of the verse, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the hopper, the destroyer, and the cutter, my great army, which I sent among you. I mean, 15 years ago, but you are still emotional about what Jesus has done for you. And that is something that we should, none of us should ever lose of just remembering what he has done for us. I think it's so easy to become, uh, just to forget, to forget the grace that he has bestowed among us and that he continues to do that day after day. And um, I love I love your story. You know, I mean, it's your story. And that's what we love about the stories that are on our podcast. They're all different. People come to know the Lord in different ways, in different stages, different ages. Um, but the most important thing is to not lose the, the love and the emotion and the, the gratefulness that you have um, for the Lord that has restored you and given you so much. I mean, it's just...
0: I love it. So tell us a little bit of um, how you're being led in ministry.
2: Yeah, so that is one of those things that, again, I never saw myself ever being one that would uh, be in ministry yeah. and wanting to share the gospel with people. Um, you know, I got baptized in 2014, and that was literally just the beginning. You know, the Lord had calls us deeper still, Right. And so every, I feel like it's just been this slow growth period of him learning and slowly revealing things to me. And um, one of the things, so I was on a track, I had something to prove, right? I was a 10th grade dropout. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like I had to go back to school and get all these college degrees to, um, you know, just to prove to people like I'm not, you know what I mean? That I have. Yes. When it's like, the Lord was like, you just don't have to do that. Like, I will do that for you, you know, and I know that now. Yeah. But, um, so I was in the master's program, and I was staying at home. Mark and I had just had our third baby, and I was working uh, just at my computer on graduate school homework, and I felt that that inner, you know, that thing that told me that he gave me a choice mm-hmm. and that thing that said, um, you know, when he said, all I want from you is to have a relationship with me. So it happened again, and it was just bridge the gap. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, um, like, I hear you. I really don't know what that means, but bridge the gap. Okay. Um, I became so aware of people that are in recovery or that are in a 12-step fellowship that are not being pointed to Christ, Mm -hmm. that they are being left with this vague interpretation of, um, you know, God can be whatever you want it to be, as long as it's loving and caring and greater than yourself. And now that is such a good place to start. That is mm-hmm. such a good place to start. Um, if you have misconceptions with who God is or what God is, like that's a great place to start. Like, what is loving and caring and greater than yourself? Okay. But I'm sorry, but you just can't. Um, but you just can't stay there. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, you've got to keep going after that. Yes. But then it's like,
1: but what?
2: Yeah. So, um, and again, I went through my whole coming to believe and, you know, finding out what works as a higher power and what doesn't. So, about this time, uh, I finished school and I went and met with one of the pastors at our church. I was like, our church does not have recovery ministry. Like, I think it would be good to you know, to do something like that. And again, I think this was in 2020. So this was pandemic, you know, I think nobody was looking to start anything new during that time. Everybody was just trying to survive. Mm -hmm. And so we were encouraged to not wait on the church and just to do something um, amongst ourselves. And so my husband and I started a recovery small group that we were meeting in our house. And so it was so good. We, um, we were ministering to people that were in recovery Mm -hmm. and, um, that really had some great questions about, you know, I mean, nitty gritty, like, how do you get to heaven? But what about these people? I mean, you know, that Mm -hmm. level of, um, of digging into the word and saying, you know, let's look, let's look, see what the Lord says. Mm -hmm. What's the way? Um, and so that's kind of where it started. And then I, we, you know, that ended and I sat on that again. And again, it's just like bridge the gap, bridge the gap. Um, so the book that we did uh, was written by a pastor, and so she kind of got started out in jail ministry, and so I thought, well, let me just go talk to the sheriff and see um, what's what's going on here in town, and so um, the, our sheriff loved the idea. He was like, yes, you know, um, and so that uh, kind of led into a jail ministry getting started here, and, that's, and it's so funny how that happened because, you know, I met with the sheriff, and then... A little while later I went to lunch with somebody who brought her friend that you know I had never met and so I was telling them like oh I met with the sheriff like I think we're gonna do a jail mystery and she was like oh well you need to meet Kathy Walters oh, and wow. um, you know has this huge 501c3 jail ministry that she we go to the same church and she has does all the prisons in Jackson and so oh, wow. we got connected and she was such a good resource that we were able to open up a branch of her ministry here in town. Oh, wow. um, and so, I, you know, I, it's like once you have found the Lord and you have experienced for, experience for yourself, like you don't want to leave anybody left behind. Like you want everybody to know. Um, and so something that was really powerful and a huge catalyst was doing that Explorers Bible study um, here in town. And yeah. we studied the whole book of Isaiah. And I just really felt like the Lord was calling me to be bold in my faith. Like, I remember crying at my dining room table because I knew, like, once you start speaking out for the Lord and you're bold, mm-hmm. um, it's hard. And so I just asked him, I was like, I just, I, I feel like this is something that you're calling me into, you know, and um, and just, I know that you'll equip me for it if you are. And so, you know, it is, it's just been a, you know, wild, a wild journey. And I have been in such a, a waiting period of, you know, I'm working a full-time job. I've got four small kids. Yeah. Um, but he is so faithful to just send me people, you know, yeah. to love on and to pray with. Um, I mean, even at burn boot camp, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. like, God, I'm fixing to do this workout. I really don't want to do it, but just help it bring you glory uh-huh. in some way, uh-huh. you know. Yeah. And I can't tell you with how many people I've prayed with after camp, you know, hey, I'm struggling with this or hey, I'm struggling with that. Yeah. Um, and so and people tell me all the time, like, you're in ministry now. Like, because in my mind, I thought ministry had to be working in a church somewhere. Yeah. And they're like, no, like you're in ministry now. yeah. Um, and so that's something like, I'm like, okay, God, like let me just surrender to where I'm at right now. Yes. And, and you know, you just put me where you need me exactly. or use me where you can. Exactly.
1: I just love sitting here and just, I feel your passion. Mm-hmm. And this is just another example. Your story is another example of our pain becomes our passion. God yes. uses our pain for the passion to bring him glory and to help others. And I love what you said, it's so true. If you're giving all those other great things that, in recovery that they were getting, but it wasn't God, it's fine, but it's not gonna last. It's not gonna sustain. You knew that they needed Jesus. And so that's become your passion to share that with anyone Mm -hmm. that God puts in your path. And um, I think it's just, It's needed, and you're doing Mm -hmm. that. Being being faithful where God has put you right now, that's the most important thing. It's not being on staff at a church. You know, you are in ministry. Um, What is it that you want people to know about people who are trapped in addiction?
2: You know, it is so easy to look at somebody that is doing that and say, why don't they just stop? Why can't they just stop? Mm-hmm. Don't they see what they're doing? Yeah. Um. And I can't tell you how many times that I would look at my mom crying. My grandpa, I mean, he couldn't even look at me without crying. My big, strong mm-hmm. U.S. Navy grandpa couldn't look at me without crying. And I would want so – every time I got out of treatment, I'd be like, I'm never going to use again. I'm never going to use again. Um. And I would go right back to it. And I did not want to. Mm-hmm. Um. And I will just say, just don't give up hope. You know, as long as that person, as long as that person is still breathing, then there is hope. You know, um, and so the only thing we can do is pray for them. And um, I, I can't tell you; I'm sure the prayers carried me through. But just pray for that person and know that they're in there somewhere, wanting to get out. Yeah. And so you pray that the Lord will present them with a way out and that they will choose it.
1: Yeah, And I think it's important for us to remember that God is bigger than anything. Yes, Because to me, someone who has not had any uh, struggle with addiction, I mean, I've had my own things, but when I look at that, it does seem so big like, like what you've gone through, I know God is bigger than any of that, but sometimes we can forget and we can let, well, that's just, that's so big. You know, and, and for someone like me, an outsider of that, it can seem so much, like almost overwhelming. Yeah. Like I can keep praying, but like, will that, will it happen? You know, but right. just to remember that God is bigger than anything that we face and to not give up, like what you're saying. That's so right. I'm glad that you said that. So on the
0: flip side of this, and as we're kind of wrapping up our time, um, this is my last question for you. What is something that the church can do a better job at on loving these people?
2: Man, I love this question because again, this is this is my passion, right? Um, Is bridging the gap. You know, Uh, I feel like this is another piece to that puzzle that the Lord is leading me to. Um, So, so many times, a lot of churches will allow twelve step meeting meetings to happen in their building mm-hmm. um i can't tell you how many basements i've gone into you know like that's that's where they want us to meet in the basement and it's totally fine i mean we don't care at the time <laughs> in the basement at the church in the basement at the <laughs> church they they usually put us in the basement oh, okay. and um and there is just a you know a it's almost like oh we think it's great what you're doing but if you could just go do it somewhere else mm-hmm. you know that that type of vibe. Mm-hmm. um And so I just want people to understand, like, again, I did not plan to become addicted to drugs. You know, I have a very, we have a family reunion every year. Like, I come from a great family. Um, You know, it's not something that you plan on happening. And so I just, um, I pray that uh, people's eyes will be open to, you know, Lord, give them your eyes so they can see these people how you see these, you know, how you see us. Um, and we can do that with, you know, with anything, um, and something else that, you know, just going back to that Beth Moore study is, um, talking about, um, you know, how self-righteousness can be just as deadly as drug addiction. Um, so we all struggle, we all struggle. And that's one thing that I had to come to terms with when I first started going to church. I'm like, you know, these people sin, they don't, it doesn't look like mine, but it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. it does not matter. Um, we are all struggling with something, um, and we're all just trying to um, to get through this life the best we can, and Jesus is our common denominator. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am so excited to report that our um, church is getting an AA meeting mm-hmm. going on Sunday mornings at 11, and wow. we have the corner room with windows. Wow. So that Very is super wow. exciting.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. I love that. And, you know, what I'm hearing you say without saying it is really just to to love these people. Like, truly. Yes. Like, to be the, Jesus' hands and feet, to, you know, bind them in love. Yes. And, you know, that's what the Bible talks about. God is love. And the best thing that you can do is, from what I'm hearing you say, is, yes, to invite them in. Yes, to not yes. go into a basement area. But to just <sighs> love them the way that you love anybody else and to show them Jesus' love yes in practical ways too um by just inviting them into your space inviting them into your life inviting them into your your family dynamic you know all the things that you can do individually but then also um in the church
1: yes thank you so much for sharing your story and encouraging us to ask god to enlighten the eyes of our hearts so that we can see everyone the way Mm -hmm. he sees